grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from Romans chapter 12, where St. Paul writes, just as, as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so also in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That verse maybe doesn't readily come to mind for an anniversary year celebration, but it's, it's a perfect match for what we're doing today. As we celebrate both our heritage and our unity this weekend, we're doing it in, in two different places with three different styles of worship. We've already had English services over here, and now we have this special German worship service involving so many of our St. Lawrence students. We're so glad to have you here today. And we're also, uh, right now, worshiping over at the Worship and Event Center with the Connect service. So to our Connect worshipers, we're very grateful that you're able to join us. We hope you're joining us. We think maybe it worked okay anyway. And we want to say hello to you. So kids, you want to say hello? We're going to wave. One, two, three, hello. We're glad to have you with us. We're glad to have you guys with us today. As we think about our theme, St. Lawrence, then and now. Well, it started in 1845 when a, a group of settlers came to the Saginaw Valley in Michigan and founded a community that they named Frankenmuth. Who knows what Frankenmuth means? It means courage of the Franconians. Did you know that? I bet a lot of you did. We want to make sure that we're very clear about that, though, because that's not a, a, a prideful, boasting statement that, look at us, we have all this courage. No, it was a statement of faith. Look at God. He's the one who gives us the courage that we need to do what he's called us here to do. God was and is the courage of the Franconians. They named their community Frankenmuth. What did they name their church? St. Lawrence. I wonder why. Well, St. Lawrence was a very well-known figure, especially in Germany in those days. In fact, he had uh, a lot of churches named after him. I'll show you just three of them in Germany. This one is, is in Nuremberg, Germany. This one is in Rostal, Germany, and an interior uh, view of the St. Lawrence Church in Neuendettelsau, Germany. But he didn't stay in Germany. St. Lawrence, his name anyway, also came to America. Do you know when? Let's see if you can figure that out. We're going to give you some, uh, we'll see if you guys know, we're going to give you some multiple choices, answers. Was it in 1492 with Christopher Columbus? Was it a little bit later in 1534 with Jacques Cartier, if that's how you pronounce it? Or was it in 1845 with the Frankenmuthers? How many of you think it was 1492 with Christopher Columbus? No, it wasn't him. How many of you think it was 1845 with the Frankenmuthers? No, it wasn't them. His name came to America in 1534 when a French explorer named Jacques Cartier named the St. Lawrence River 
and St. Lawrence Bay after him. It's spelled differently, but it's the same guy. It's our St. Lawrence. In fact, there is a statue overlooking the St. Lawrence River. I don't know exactly where this is. I found this picture online one time, but overlooking the St. Lawrence River. And you see what that arrow is pointing to, guys? It's pointing to a grate, like a griddle of some kind. We'll, we'll come back to that. You maybe already know that. Did you know his name also went to outer space? Something called the Tears of St. Lawrence. It's got a scientific name. It's an annual meteor shower that happens. But uh, for a long, long time, it's been known as the Tears of St. Lawrence. Can you see kind of the teardrops there? And I'll let you Google Tears of St. Lawrence, and you can find out more about that. He's also got a painting of St. Lawrence in a very famous church. Let's see if you know where that is. Was it, we'll give you three choices again, was it the Sistine Chapel in Rome, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, or the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C.? You think you know the answer? Not the National Cathedral. How many of you think it was the Sistine Chapel? You would be correct. It is the Sistine Chapel in Rome. And when you go to Rome, if you want to go into the Sistine Chapel, you're supposed to be very quiet in there. And so the guides who are going to tell you all about things can't do that inside the Sistine Chapel. So they have to do it outside. And so they put up these panels over there. And we're going to look at the center panel. That's called the, uh, the Judgment Day uh, depiction by Michelangelo, a very famous painter. And that arrow in that center panel right there is pointing to Jesus on his judgment throne. And to his left is somebody named St. Bartholomew. We won't talk about him anymore today, although he was uh, a very brave man. And right there, that is St. Lawrence. And if we zoom in on him, you see there the arrows point to the fact that St. Lawrence looks different than in that other picture, but St. Lawrence again is holding a grate. In fact, we have a, a picture of the grate in the windows over here. I'll show you that in a minute. The question is, why so much attention being paid to St. Lawrence? Well, for one thing, it's because he was a very kind and, and compassionate man. He had been entrusted with the goods of the church, and, and his job was to, to share those goods with the, with the poor and the needy, and he did that very well. But he not only was kind and compassionate, he was also very brave, very courageous. So those are on the screen, or those are those windows right over there on the west side of our church. And we'll zoom in on this one on the very northwest side of the church. That arrow is pointing to the uh, picture of St. Lawrence there. And the next one is pointing to the great, again, that's the third time we've seen that great. Who knows what happened on that great? Charlie, do you know? You're going to tell me? He was placed on that grate and burned alive until he was dead because when the Roman authorities said, give us all the money of the church, St. Lawrence said, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to all these other people who need that. And they also are in those windows over there. You know what the most important thing to know about St. Lawrence is? Why he did all of that. He did it because he knew how beautiful it is to live with Jesus, and so 
he was willing to die for Jesus. Well, if you're, uh, now we're going to talk about not the, the, the man, St. Lawrence, but the institution, the, the church that bears his name because it is a 19th century institution that uh, continues into the 21st century. Continues to share the mission of showing others by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. And that's what folks have been doing here since 1845. They, uh, they faced some difficulties along the way, but they were united in their efforts to show that love to others. A couple of the difficulties, I'm going to read to you uh, something that was written in 1844 by folks back home before the original Frankenmuthers ever left. Some people tried to talk them out of going, and, and these are the minutes of the Mission Society of Rostal in 1844. Who knows how many illusions are at play here and how many of these folks are really motivated by sincere motivation. In private conversations, they were warned about their dreaming concerning America. So some people said, it's a bad idea. Don't go to America. But we know what happened, don't we? They did it anyway. And Wilhelm Lee, who was the pastor who organized the whole thing, a little bit later on talked about those people, maybe to set that record straight or maybe for a different reason. And he said... No earthly necessity drove them to leave their fatherland. In the homeland which they loved, they enjoyed a good life. It was a noble idea that moved them. The idea that God was calling them, even as he calls us, to show others by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. They brought with them a reminder of the unity that God gives to his people. Those church bells, you know where those are located? Where are they now? They're right out that way, actually. You have to go out that door, and they're right across the street. You think I took that picture yesterday? Oh, I wish. Wouldn't it be nice to have warm sunshine and green grass again? We will sometime uh, by the time school gets out, probably anyway. But on one of those bells, they brought those bells with them. On those bells is an inscription in a language called Latin. And when that's translated, what that inscription says is, through harmony, small things. It was a pretty small start, wasn't it? How many people were there? Fifteen. Through harmony, small things become large. And now look at how many people are here. So we can talk now about St. Lawrence now, about both the individuals and uh, the institution. Because when you think of St. Lawrence Church, maybe you think about this building. It's a church. Or maybe you think about a worship service like we're doing right now. We're, we're going to go to church, and we can do that in the church building. We can do that over in the, in the worship and event center. We can go to church. We can worship. Did you know the Bible doesn't use the word church either of those ways? It's okay for us to do it. When the Bible talks about church, it talks about the way that, that St. Paul described it as one body, as one group of, of people, of a bunch of individuals who join together in a, in a fellowship, in a congregation like St. Lawrence. And I know a lot of you are from other congregations. And, and in, in your fellowship, you have joined together with other members of, of your congregation to do that. And so we can talk about uh, three things in connection 
with that. We'll give you those three very quickly about uh, belief in Christ. That is for our benefit. It's faith in Christ that, that brings us into his family. To belong to Christ is for our benefit, for all of us together. Together we share our joys and, and sorrows, and together we work to do God's will. And the last one said that we belong, and that is about or for their benefit, for, for people who don't go to our school, for people who, who aren't uh, belonging to any Christian church at all, as we behave like Christ. That's when they see how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. And it's as we learn better and better as children, students, and as adults, as we learn better and better how more to behave like Christ. That's going to bode well for us in the present and in the future. And I want to talk about the future a little bit now. Uh, this is a heritage service where we talk about the past, absolutely. But we cannot talk just about the past, can we? How, we didn't have anything to do with our past, did we? We're glad to know about it. It says a lot to us, but we had nothing to do with that. We can't just talk about the past, nor can we just talk about the present, because the present has gone pretty quick. We need to be thinking about the future and how we as the people of God, as a congregation of St. Lawrence or whatever congregation you belong to, it's really the same thing. That the future is pretty uncertain for us in a lot of ways. You know, when those uh, first folks came over from Germany, they found themselves in a very new and strange and, and foreign culture. But they got there because they wanted to. We find ourselves now in a very strange and new and foreign culture, not because we decided to do that, because it's just the way it happened. And we've seen in the last 20 or 30 years, we've seen the world around us change so much, the culture around us. And, and we have to figure out, what are we going to do with that culture? And really, we have three choices. We can embrace the culture and welcome it and, and, and make it our own, but that wouldn't be a God-pleasing thing to do. There's, there's too much sin in this world. We could turn our back on the culture and, and say, I'm not going to have anything to do with you people. You can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. Do you think that would be God-pleasing? No, of course we're not going to do that either. What we are going to do or what we want to do is embrace the culture. And what that means is to be part of it, not let it become part of us, but to be part of it, to understand it, so that we can share with others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. And I'd like you to remember three words with that. One word is love, one word is listen, and the third word is learn. Can you say those with me? Love, listen, learn. So we are going to, when we are engaging the culture, when we're talking to people who maybe uh, don't think the same way that we do, we're going to remember to love them, just as, as Jesus loves us and loves everyone else. And then maybe we can decide to listen to them. Lots of times we want to talk first, don't we? 
But when we remember to love them, then we can decide to listen to them. And then we can expect to learn from them. Do we have all the answers? We don't. We have all the answers that we need to have in God's word. But there's a lot that we can learn from other people. And usually the first thing we want to do is talk to them, thinking we're going to teach them. But, but maybe in this world, we can learn from them. So what are three words again? We're going to love and listen and learn. You can do that. I know you do that so well in school. You can also do that at home and when you're playing with the kids and, and adults whenever we're at work. We can love people and listen to them and learn from them. Well, here's the bottom line then. For the St. Lawrence of the future, it's not about the wonderful worship or any facilities. We have a lot of wonderful facilities, don't we? And such a great gift has been given to us with the facilities that we have and, and that we're giving to future generations facilities that we've recently built. That's not enough. Outstanding ministry programs like we have now and like we'll continue to have, that's not enough. The St. Lawrence of the future needs all of those things but something more. It needs each one of us. It needs all of us individuals who know the love of Jesus to work to show the love of Jesus because we know how much Jesus loves us. He is the one who loves us. He is the one who gives us hope. He is the one who gives us a future and who leads us into the future even as we build on the past and the present. In Jesus' name, amen.